Now, without further hesitation, we have the joy of having Matt and Rachel Flooring with us today, and they are no stranger to our church and our ministry here in Mindset, of course. We love them, and we are so excited to hear what the Lord's doing these last couple years. So please welcome Matt and Rachel up. So I'm only a small part of Team Florine, but uh, Rachel will be up in a little while to answer some questions to you and be able to, to fill you in. We're trying to give her a bit of a break. Uh, I did a presentation at the Echo meeting two weeks ago, and I lost my voice for three days afterwards, so I'm trying to spare her. She's coming down with a bit of a cold, so i trying to give her a bit of a break for that. But I know we always enjoy your questions, and so we'll have some time at the end for that as well. Um, I just want to say thank you to you as well. Uh, we are so grateful for this group. Um, you know, it's always exciting to see all the missionaries that uh, Grace Church has sent out, and you get to see the pictures on the wall down there on the, the, the worship center, and uh, you know, hundred families. That's great. Um, but I recognize the representation here of this group and how many of you have been faithfully praying and encouraging and supporting those missionaries, us on the field, um, and uh, we don't take that for granted. We greatly appreciate that. We love getting birthday cards and the emails and uh, messages letting us know that you're praying for us, so just wanted to thank you. We're always glad to be able to come and visit you. Um, well, uh, this is our family, and uh, we have uh, grown up a little bit. Um, we've been on the field for nine, almost nine and a half years now, so our kids have grown up there, and uh, um, Rachel can tell you a little bit more about that, too. She's homeschooling our, our daughters. Naomi's here um, as well, and uh, we are serving the Lord in Malawi, Africa, so I think most of you are better at geography than the average person uh, as a result of mindset for missions, but... Um, Malawi is uh, landlocked in southern Africa, and uh, we're in the capital city. Um, our city has been growing up, too. Um, this is Lilongwe. Um, it's uh, growing up. We're getting a lot of buildings, a lot of uh, new shopping centers and developments. There's a new soccer stadium. It's now finished. This is when they were still building it uh, that we can see and, unfortunately, hear from our house. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, some things haven't changed. We still have uh, frequent power outages, uh, water outages, internet outages, um, those kinds of things. Um, we had a, a big issue with rodents this year. Um, our neighbors were storing maize. They do this every year, but they were storing their maize in their garage, and, and this time around they didn't treat it. And so uh, we ended up with literally hundreds of mice coming over the wall and <clears throat> living inside of our car and in our house. So. We, we bought rat poison for all of our neighbors. <laughs> we kind of shared the wealth of what our neighbors actually, uh, the first, it was a week, right? Within, within six days, she counted how many? 107? 109, uh, dead or dying mice that she found. So, anyway, um, if, uh, <laughs> now, now I've scared you all. I know no one wants to come to Malawi anymore, but maybe you'll pray for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, as many of you probably know, we first went to Malawi to work with International Bible Fellowship Church, and we continue to serve there. That's still a joy, and uh, uh, it's been great to see how the Lord continues to work uh, at IBF Church as well. Um, this is not the church. This is just the building where the church meets. The people are the church, and the Lord working in them. Um, but uh, we are uh, just grateful to see how the Lord continues to, to work among his people, continue to, to strengthen the church and grow it. So um, we have seen uh, the church grow numerically since we first arrived, but, but more importantly, we've 
always been uh, delighted to watch people grow in maturity. Um, as Rachel mentioned in uh, Every Woman's Grace, uh, we both get to be involved in counseling and discipleship uh, for people within the church, and that's a great joy as we watch the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God within the heart of a people, um, and we get to see them uh, continue to, to grow in their faith and in their maturity um, to become more like Christ, um, and us as well, as we are, get to be part of that process. Um, one of the other interesting things that we've been able to see is the church uh, continues to um, become more uh, reflective of the demographic of our city. Um, when we first came, uh, International Bible Fellowship Church was very international, um, and we didn't have a lot of Malawians. Many Malawians were reluctant to come to our church. They, they felt they wouldn't be welcomed there, and so we've uh, um, been grateful to see that's changed, and so we are a majority Malawian now. Um, we have our first Malawian elder um, was appointed, who was appointed last year. Um, we have other Malawians uh, serving in the church as well in various roles, and, and that's great. We love to see that. You know, our long-term goal would be to be able to hand the ministry off uh, to non-missionaries who are able to, to do the work far better than we can. And so we continue to, to work hard to try to, to raise up leaders, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes as well. Um, but... Uh, the other uh, prong, you could say, uh, is the Central African Preaching Academy, which is a TMAI school, a seminary, uh, committed to training pastors in Malawi. Um, this is a, a ministry of our church that uh, trains up uh, men for ministry. Um, all of our students um, are pastors or are on their way to becoming pastors, um, and uh, they come to... Uh, classes for 10 days out of the month, um, and then the rest of the month they get to go back to their church and practice what they've been learning. Um, and so we don't have to uproot them or pull them out of the ministry, but rather they get to be learning while they continue to serve within their church, um, which is great because then when they come back for classes, they have all kinds of questions and say, okay, you taught me this last week, and I went to my church, and I tried it, and then I had this thing come up, what do I do now? <laughs> Great. So it's a great way to learn. It's a great way for them to be able to be trained. And then, of course, one of the great advantages is they don't have to leave Malawi, right? Because what we've seen so often is that many of the best and the brightest Malawian students, pastors, go to university, go to seminary in South Africa, in Europe, in the United States, and they like it a lot. And they don't really want to go back to Malawi after that. Um, and after they've kind of cut ties, it's really hard to, to want to go back. And, and so we're really glad to be able to, to have so many of these guys be able to get their training in their home country and be able to, to grow and, and be part of what is happening. So um, we're thankful for that. Um, we uh, um, just had a graduation, actually, of our, our first class of Master's Divinity students. Um, so these are, these are those guys. Um, so we had... Um, 41 total who graduated. There were um, 18 from the MDiv program who completed three years, and uh, it's great to see all those guys um, continuing to serve and, and go to their churches um, and using what they've learned throughout that time. Hopefully now they've got a little bit more time. They've got a little bit more uh, training. They're not having to um, be studying formally as much, and uh, it's been great to, to watch how those guys continue to to use what they're learning. I'll tell you a little bit more about a few of them in a few minutes as well. Um, 
Also want to show you our team. This is a couple years old. You can tell by the, the height of the kids. Um, but uh, we get to work with several other uh, families as well um, who um, I will introduce you to as well. So Rachel and I on the left, um, and then next to us are Dave and Amy Temple. Um, so they are through GMI, but they are from um, a church in Florida is their sending church. Um, Dave is an expositor seminary graduate. Um, he's the... Um, the academic dean. Um, next to them, you probably know Jim and Bethany Ayers. Um, they are Grace Church and GMI missionaries. Um, Jim's the president of Kappa. Um, Tony and Santi McCracken, who were missionaries in South Africa, who've joined us in Malawi, um, are also part of our team. They've been there for about two and a half years um, with a couple of their kids there. Um, and they, uh, Tony is a full-time professor at the seminary. Um, uh, Sam and Amanda came out for a year. They were helping, uh, he was helping to teach Hebrew. Um, they're back uh, in the U.S. now. Um, Matt and Brianne Kopp um, are uh, through GMI as well, but their sending church is Faith Bible Church of South Orange County. Um, and so he is the preaching pastor at our church, IBF Church, and also um, part-time teacher at Kappa, uh, teaching homiletics. Um, and then Gideon and Wawi Manda. Gideon is the Malawian elder I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, and so he has uh, many years of pastoral experience, um, is also the dean of students at Kappa, um, and uh, so we're grateful to partner with them. And so all of our kids are kind of mixed up. Those don't all correspond with the people standing behind them. Um, but uh, we regularly get together with our team for potlucks and, and times together as well as meetings. Um, so our kids all are growing up together. Um, and uh, we're, we're grateful to be uh, serving with these great folks. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, a couple of the challenges of the last couple of years. Um, so... Uh, I've said two just because my memory is not far enough, good enough to remember back more than that. It has been three since we were here last. Um, here's one, um, trying to make sense of, uh, of this. So uh, I, about two years ago, I inherited the responsibility of overseeing the finance department at Kappa, um, which uh, sounds a lot more impressive than it was because it really was nothing and, and nobody. Um, but uh, trying to make sense of all the things that needed to get done, this was something that I tried to make some structure out of something. So, um, but uh, working uh, to try to uh, figure out how Kappa could best grow and, and how we can make sure that we um, are, are faithful stewards of the resources that the Lord has provided for the seminary, um, you know, producing what we need to fulfill government obligations and um, being able to, to regularly support that um, has been a challenge. And I took a year of accounting in college. <laughs> I started out as a, as a well, actually first a, a film major, then, then a Bible major, or then, a, then a business major, then a Bible major. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the reason I didn't stay a business major was because of accounting, <laughs> because I really don't enjoy accounting. Um, and yet somehow I keep on getting those responsibilities because there's no one else to do it. So um, this has been a stretch for me. It, it really was a challenge um, and uh, um, has been something that has uh, really taught me to depend on the Lord and rely on him. Um, one of the things that's made it even more challenging, though, has been um, in the last several months, um, this is our friend Chauncey. Um, Chauncey uh, was somebody that we hired to work as an accountant at Kappa. Um, but in uh, November last year, he began uh, getting, he was very sick. Um, we weren't sure exactly what was going on. First, they thought it was uh, tuberculosis. Um, then they said maybe it was cancer. Then they said maybe it was a heart issue. Um, and uh, we struggled with trying to walk through this with, with our friend um, Chauncey. Uh, 
was a solid believer, loved the Lord, but he grew up in a church that, uh, like most churches in Malawi, um, had been very influenced by the prosperity gospel. And just to give you a personal slice of that, we got to see how that affected the way that he responded to suffering, because he had gone to a church that taught Christians don't suffer. That suffering is always a sign of the devil prevailing or of you not having enough faith. Um, and so he believed that something was wrong. He could not understand how someone who had been as faithful as he had his whole life could be suffering. That didn't fit in with his theology because he had been taught wrong theology in his church. Um, and as he struggled to make sense of that, we watched him go through quite a few different emotions. Um, he was um, he was angry for a while. He was confused. Um, he went for a while to all kinds of different uh, deliverance ministries and, and prayer centers to try to have some sort of spirit of illness cast out of him or something, and nothing worked. Um, and he continued to suffer, and he continued to be ill. Um, one of the other interesting things was the Word of Faith movement teaches that if you speak something, you speak it into existence. You can declare reality. And so he believed that if he said, I am sick, then he would become sick. But if he said, I am well, then he would become well. Which is really difficult when you're trying to have somebody call in sick and say, hey, I can't come to work because I'm not feeling well today. He couldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. So he would come to work convinced that if he could speak in faith that he was well, that he would be well. But then I'd find him at his desk, slumped down with his shirt unbuttoned down to here, sweating and gasping for breath. I'm like, brother, what's going on? we got to get you home. <laughs> you shouldn't be here right now. Um, because his theology hadn't equipped him for the suffering of living in a fallen world. Um, and so through these months, as, as he's suffering and, and, and coming in and out of work, um, it was a great opportunity to, um, to expose him to the truth. Um, and give him some good books to read. Um, we gave him some Johnny Erickson Tata videos, which were really helpful for him as he began to <clears throat> understand that actually, First Peter says it is God's will for Christians to suffer, um, and um, to be able to understand how that can still be for our good. Um, and yet, uh, it was it was also just a good, very personal and tangible reminder for us of what we're up against, of how much these churches that are teaching something other than the true gospel are really harming people and are really leading them um, away from um, uh, putting their hope and trust and confidence in Christ, but rather in something that doesn't last, like health, um, like a strong body. Um, so Chauncey um, passed away um, not long before we came here, uh, beginning of August. And um, I had thankfully gone to go visit him in the hospital. It ended up being just three days before that. Um, I got to talk to him. I was very encouraged. Uh, he had his Bible sitting there on the bed with him. actually didn't recognize him at first. I walked through the ward. Now, it's a Malawian hospital packed full of people. There are tons of people, multiple people on each bed kind of thing. And walked through the room trying to, to look for him. Didn't recognize him at first. And I was asking the nurse for some help when someone came and asked me if I was, who I was looking for and, and directed me to him. Um, so, um, But he uh, wasn't well. Um, but I asked him about his Bible. I said, you know, what have you been reading? <laughs> and uh, was encouraged. He had been um, 
he had been spending time in the Word, um, just really had been spending time in the Psalms, and just so I, I, I suggested a few passages for him to look at. Um, we talked about a few of them together, um, and he said, "He said, Matt, my my faith is strong in the Lord. I believe that He is my Savior." Um, and he said, "I believe the world, the the Bible is the Word of God. That's what my trust in." Um, he says that hasn't changed. Um, and uh, I was just encouraged to, to see how the Lord had continued to, to work in his heart. Um, and then three days later, I got the news that he had passed away. So we had a funeral. A lot of complications of that fell to, to me to try to, to figure out how to handle that. One of the unfortunate uh, aftershocks of his um, wrong theology was that he really hadn't made any sort of preparation uh, for his death either. And so we didn't have any, he hadn't designated any beneficiaries for his life insurance or his pension. So we had to figure out how to have a special meeting with the advisory council and, and minute something so that we could propose that instead. And, um, and, but again, he just had always been taught that Christians don't suffer. Christians will live long and healthy lives. And, um, and yet, uh, it was, it was great to be able to, be reminded ourselves as we had those conversations with him that though Christians do suffer and though we do live in a fallen and, and struggling world, that God's plan um, is actually better <laughs> and greater than that. And because our hope is not in this life, um, but that we look forward to the life to come when we see him face to face. And um, that is what, what our what our true hope is. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, then that left a little bit of a hole in our accounting department as well. Um, we had actually been in the process of trying to find somebody uh, to help um, even earlier on um, while Chauncey was still with us. And, and uh, thankfully, the Lord provided a couple people. So we hired two new employees, Emmanuel and Tawera, um, to help uh, in the accounts department. Um, and they both began two days after I got here <laughs> to California. So they started right after I got here, um, which uh, wasn't really the ideal way to do it, but um, it worked out okay. Emmanuel and I actually did some training. He was able to come over on weekends and um, uh, on his lunch break and, and do some orientation. And uh, they're both doing great. They're both helping out with some of those administrative needs uh, as well. And so I'm, I'm grateful to be able to hand the bulk of the finance responsibilities off to these two very competent and capable employees now who are going to be able to do a much better job than I could. Um, and so, Lord willing, when I go back to Malaya, I am able to finally ha- walk away from those accounting responsibilities. And my heart is really to be spending time with people in, the, in more of a, a shepherding role, but I'm glad to serve wherever I can. Um, I have all along been able to uh, teach as well. I've gotten to teach biblical counseling, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute, too. Um, this is another challenge that we've we've seen is uh, just growth. Um, growth brings its own challenges too. Growth is a great thing; it's a, it's a praise as well. Um, but uh, as the number of students have grown, um, it just re- raises some challenges of how do we effectively shepherd these guys and make sure that we are caring for them um, and not just letting them grow in knowledge, but that they are also 
um, really practicing what they're learning. We want to be able to have that level of interaction. And I think that's really the heart of our whole team. Everyone would want to be able to, to um, watch our students be doers of the word and not just hearers of it, not just become puffed up with knowledge, um, but to rather grow in uh, servant leadership. Um, but how do we do that? That becomes um, more complicated as our student body continues to grow. Um, so that's the way you can pray for us as we continue to, to try to, um, to shepherd these guys and care for them. Um, we have uh, some forums already set up for that, but we, we need to do a lot more. So that's something that we are interested in continuing to explore. Uh, I mentioned our graduation uh, last April. This is a, our, our class of MDiv guys in the back, in the black, and then uh, uh, the advanced diploma class, which is a one-year program, are the guys in the blue in the middle, and then the, the faculty are in the front. You see Brian Biederbach has to be different than everybody else wearing the red there. Um, so um, Brian flew out to be the commencement speaker because this class of MDiv guys were the ones that w- he taught when they started uh, in the program, and so he wanted to see them finish, see them go all the way through, so that was kind of a joy. Um, it's just Jim Ayers uh, teaching his Greek class, and we watch these guys continue to um, to be exposed to a lot. We continue to um, challenge them and push them and stretch them. We really want the education at Kappa to be an extremely high level. Um, we don't want to dumb it down. We, we believe these guys are, are competent and capable, and we want uh, to hold them to a high standard. Um, and yet we also try to have uh, settings like this. This is one of the uh, discipleship labs that Gideon's leading. Um, I, I, I lead some of those as well. And, and again, trying to also have that personal interaction with our students as well so that, again, they don't just get smarter but also are, are maturing as well. <clears throat> but one of the things I've thought about is, uh, you know, at graduation, this is uh, one of our graduates and his family, um, they go back to their homes. They go back to their churches. They go back to the, the communities. Um, and they're really a minority. Um, they're teaching the Bible when most churches are not. Um, most churches in Malawi, there's a big emphasis on money. <laughs> um, most churches have really gotten into this culture of manipulating people to give. <laughs> and so they have things uh, called paper Sundays where you have Everybody in the church that Sunday gets a little slip of paper that tells you, here's the gift that you're going to buy the pastor this week. So if you're lucky, it says a bar of soap. Uh, if, if you end up getting the one that says one semester's school fees for their kids, you're going, oh, man, why did I come to church today? <laughs> so... Those kinds of things happen quite a bit. Um, they have Golden Sundays, which is where they, they kind of have different neighborhoods compete with each other to see who gives the largest offering. Okay, Area 43, can you beat Area 47? Uh, they've given this much. You're counting the offering in front of the whole church and all of that. Um, that's what's common in Malawi. And uh, so for guys like our graduates here, we see so much. Um, they're, gonna, they're, they're a minority. They stand out. They're definitely doing things very different, and they need to be um, certain that God is going to care for them and provide for them. Um, here's a sign that we passed just a, a couple weeks before we left. Uh, Divine Glory Ministries invite you to a prophetic emergency with prophet favor. Um, come and experience the healing, deliverance, and prophetic power of God. So I have no idea what a prophetic emergency is. That may be actually a pretty accurate title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you notice he has a gold tie on and a gold bling everywhere there, so I have a feeling I know where that's going. But um, 
that's very common. There's a lot of uh, superstition and fear of spirits and spiritual forces at work. And so most churches are promising a form of deliverance from those spiritual forces that are causing challenges in your life. And so we'll give you a breakthrough. Um, it really is a very worldly, very human-focused um, They'll deliver you from everything except for sin, uh, which is whatever the only thing that really, really matters. Um, so um, this is the context that a lot of our graduates are in, and uh, we uh, would welcome your prayers for that. Um, we we'll also want to give a couple ways uh, you can thank the Lord with us, too, a couple of things that we've uh, been grateful to see over the last couple of years. Um, Rachel and I celebrated 10 years of marriage this year. Um, that was fantastic. I thank the Lord so much for her. She's just a, a huge blessing and, and brings so much. Um, and she'll tell you a little bit more about uh, some of her responsibilities, but I'll, I'll break on her a bit, too. Um, so she uh, um, is... Uh, incredibly gifted as a counselor. Um, We've been able to do some uh, co-counseling together this last year. We were um, doing some uh, marriage counseling together, and that's been just great to be able to to work together, and and, uh, um, I love it. I wish I could always uh, counsel as a team like that. That That's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, She has a heart for the ladies in our church. Um, We both had uh, um, the opportunity to to teach children's church, and uh, we got some of the young people in our our care group, which I'll show you in just a minute, um, and got them involved and and just helping raise up people within the church. Rachel has uh, just a a great heart for that. Um, She's incredible at hospitality. So if the mice don't scare you off and you do come to Malawi, we would be glad to give you a place to stay, uh, and you will be well fed. Um, So... Um, thank the Lord for that. Um, we're thankful for our kids too. Malawi is a fascinating place to raise kids. Uh, it's always an adventure. Um, our daughter Abigail loves animals. So this is at church camp. Um, we get to camp with the zebras and, uh, giraffe and impalas and stuff like that. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and Abigail really wanted to, to touch the zebras, but they didn't let her. Um, but she got to touch other things too. This is, this is part of being a dad in Africa is, uh, the girls go out to collect the beetles and then I, I catch them and, and then I, we have to throw them over the wall so they don't eat our plants. <laughs> Um, one of the other joys, uh, we got to have uh, George Crawford and Rodney Anderson came out to visit us uh, just a few months ago in July, um, and that was great. We really enjoyed having these guys come out and getting to spend some time with them, just seeing their care before we all went to the TMAI Summit in South Africa together, which was also a great time as well. Um, we had a, another STM from Grace Church, uh, Sean Cullen, led uh, a construction team, and so a couple of these guys stayed with us, and uh, they did uh, some good work on the building project that our church is doing. Um, our church and Kappa are going to share this new campus, so um, we always love having visitors over. This was a, a team from Masters University as well. They came out earlier this year, um, and they helped in quite a few different ways uh, around the church and the seminary, so they were a great encouragement um, as well. And then I mentioned our, our care group. <clears throat> so uh, we, our church has quite a few different care groups, and they meet throughout the week. And uh, we got the Sunday afternoon slot, which was designed to be for people who didn't have their own transportation during the evenings, um, which ended up being a lot of young, single, or um, uh, young folks. And, and it's been great. We've really enjoyed having that, this group. Um, so um, we've... Uh, watched people come and go throughout that that group, but it's been phenomenal to spend time with them. And what we do with our care group is uh, 
um, we take what we've just heard in uh, the sermon on Sunday, which for us is only like an hour earlier, um, and then think through how can we be putting this into practice? How can we encourage one another to apply these things? Um, what does that look like? What are the challenges for us? What, what can, how can we be uh, spurring one another on to obedience? Um, and that is really great, and, and these young people are really very eager to do that. We've loved watching them step up to uh, different responsibilities within the church as well. Um, so, as we said, uh, um, Rachel grabbed Alicia, I grabbed Basilio. We both got them into some Sunday school classes, and now we have two new Sunday school teachers at the church. Um, and it's been really great to watch uh, um, our, our friends here continue to grow. We have uh, gone on some outings like this, too, going hiking. Um, this is Naomi's mountain, because she was born right at the foot of this mountain. So, Nkoma Mountain, your mountain. <laughs> so, um, we've enjoyed getting to, to spend time with these people, too. Um, I want to tell you this story as well. This is at our, our graduation. Um, so, um, Rollins was uh, not graduating this year. He's in his first year at the MDiv, um, but is a, is a good student and uh, was in my introduction to biblical counseling class. And so he um, came to me afterwards because what I had done with the counseling class is I, I started the class by uh, talking about how before you counsel others, you need to be able to counsel yourself. Right, and we looked at Matthew seven about taking the log out of your own eye before taking the speck out of your brother's eye. That you need to do both, um, but start with the log. And uh, so we started by going through the book "Uprooting Anger," a phenomenal book by Robert Jones, um, and talked through how that process looks in your own life. So I said, before you think about teaching this to anybody else, you need to understand it for yourself. Right? Examine your own heart. Look for areas where you show sinful anger. Right? Whatever manifestation that is, it could be outbursts, it could be bottled up, um, but um, look for that sinful anger, learn how to, to identify the sinful desires behind that, and confess those, repent of those, put those off, and, and, and put on godly desires and attitudes and actions. Um, and then, now that you've seen how this process of biblical change works, now let's talk about how to teach others to do the same. So that's how I, I have taught my intro to biblical counseling class, and uh, Rollins came up to me afterwards, and he said, I just needed to tell you. When I got married, I told my wife, I am an angry man. That's just who I am, and I can't change that. Because my grandfather was an angry man, and my father was an angry man, and it's in my blood. It's just who we are. That's just, that's just how my family line is. And they, and they couldn't change, and I'm not going to be able to change. And if you marry me, you're just going to need to accept that's who I am. And she agreed to marry me, and she had, she had accepted that. And we just had always lived with that as something that was just part of me until I came to this class. And I learned that that actually was sinful anger and that it's something that God uh, is able to help me change. And as I've been working through this and, and studying this and, and seeing where the Lord is wanting me to, to grow in this and learning how to, to confess that and repent of that, I wanted to say thank you. And my wife also says thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So we just said, well, praise God, that, that, that's fantastic. And, and, and so we're just so encouraged to see that because, uh, again, that's, that's the word of God at work in someone's life, and we love that. Um, one more thing we, we're really thankful for, too, is just watching some of these guys uh, step up and kind of be the next generation. Um, and uh, Dennis is an example of that. He graduated with his MDiv. Um, 
I've known Dennis since uh, he was in college, a freshman in college, and he was a Sunday school teacher. Um, so I recruited him to help teach Sunday school. Um, same thing with Maya Miko here. Maya was the same thing. He was a great children's church teacher, um, then later volunteered to help with the bulletin, then later started working in the church office, then we hired him on staff as a pastoral assistant. Now he's graduated from seminary. He's part of the preaching rotation. And just watching these guys grow and, and take on more and more responsibility um, really is just exciting for us because that's our goal is to see the next generation kind of come and, and take on these things uh, um, and again, we want to. We want to. We don't want to own this responsibility forever. We want to hand it off and, and watch the pro, watch people multiply. And so, it's been great to see that. So, uh, let me give you a couple specific prayer requests, and then uh, Rachel can come up and we can answer some questions in the time that we have left. Um, so, uh, you can pray for our Malawian partners who are starting to pick, pick up the torch. Guys like Dennis and Maya Miko um, and others as well. People in our care group. Um, so they've got uh, um, a big responsibility, too, but uh, pray particularly that they would remain humble, um, that we would be able to model that, too. Um, pray for the cap of faculty to find ways to better disciple the students. As I mentioned, we want them to not just get smarter, um, but to become more like Christ. And praise God for continuing to use vessels like us for his service. Um, we really are <laughs> nothing special. We are just ordinary people that the Lord has chosen to use in Malawi, and we recognize that, um, and uh, we thank him for that. We're so grateful for uh, the, the privilege that we have of being his ambassadors and being able to be used for his service. Um, so we rejoice in that and pray that God would um, continue to, um, to use us uh, uh, for whatever he sees fit. Well, let me call Rachel forward now. She can come and uh, um, we can answer some questions for you. Um, you guys always ask such great questions, so glad to be able to do that. So turn it over to you. Any questions? If not, she'll, she can tell you. Yeah. I'm new to your ministry, so what language do they speak in Malawi, and what do you teach it? English. <laughs> it was a British protectorate country, and so all the business and education and government is all in English. So they do speak, um, most of the people will speak Chichewa, uh, which is a Bantu language, but um, they'll speak it in the home, but they'll also speak English in the home. So a lot of the Malawians in our church speak primarily English in the home. They know Chichewa also too. So um, we know some words, like we know the words for water and, you know, the greetings and things like that, um, but we don't. Even when we travel in the country and we're in little villages, there's almost always someone there who speaks English, and we haven't had any trouble being able to communicate. So that's it's a it's a nice easy plug. Um, and the system that they they do the classes in, um, it's um, two weeks of classes and then two weeks off. And we have a lot of visiting professors who actually come. So a church will kind of adopt the second module of the year, and so they'll always send someone to teach during that. And it's easy to plug those guys in because you don't have to learn another language to come and come and teach at Kappa. So it's been helpful. Well, I think you promised them some stories too. So... I wore my crocodile teeth earrings today. Maybe that'll prompt a story or two. Go ahead. <laughs> they really are crocodile teeth. <laughs> um, we actually um, went swimming with a crocodile one time. That was cro- <laughs> not on purpose. No. 
<laughs> we um, Lake Malawi is absolutely beautiful. It's the third largest lake in Malawi, or, sorry, in Africa, and it's most of the eastern border for the country is Lake Malawi. But there's actually a part, the southern part of it is Lake Malawi National Park, and the park is the water, not the not the ground like you would think of a park or a garden. Um, but it's full of all these beautiful, brightly colored fish. If you go to Petco or somewhere like that and you see brightly colored freshwater fish, and they're from Africa, they're from Lake Malawi. That's the only place that they have them. So they're really popular because it's a freshwater fish and not a saltwater fish, and it's really colorful. So um, we had a pair of goggles and a two-year-old Abigail with us, and we were camping down there, and we were just looking at the fish and so we would you know one of us would wear the goggles and go look at the fish under the water and the other one's holding abigail and then we'd trade places and so we're kind of going around these outcroppings uh, of rocks and <clears throat> as we continue down um matt got a little further ahead and because uh, the water's probably about chest deep but i'm carrying a two-year-old so i'm going a little slower than he's swimming and um all of a sudden he comes back and he's like let's go back and if you know my husband he's not mr let's go back he's mr <laughs> did we bring enough cameras let's keep going <laughs> and uh, so he comes back and uh, he grabs Abigail and we're like it's like one of those dreams where you can't move fast enough because you're in water <laughs> it was like that <laughs> and I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to know I was like there's like you know guys with drugs over there there's a water snake there's a hippo a crocodile like what in the world is over there I don't want to know I just want to get out of the water and then I'll ask <laughs> so we get all the way back to the beach and get out and I'm like okay tell me what it was crocodile what we were swimming with a crocodile <laughs> so he had um he had the goggles on, and he came up in probably, what, half the, half the length of this room away from him? So whatever that is, 15 feet or whatever. He came up, and there's waters on his, on his goggles. He's like, that looks like a crocodile on the rock. Oh, you know what? They don't have them here. This is the lake. It's clear water. Crocodiles don't like the lake, and they shoot them, actually, in the national park because they don't want him to eat the fish. So um, surely that's not. And there's a lot of monitor lizards on the island just think small Komodo dragons, but they're they're actually kind of friendly. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe them. <laughs> um, so um, that's probably a monitor. No, that's a crocodile. <laughs> that's when he turned around and came back. And um, the guys, the guys who were at the place where we were camping, said, "Oh no, no, it's probably a monitor lizard." So they went over land and peeked down on the rocks, and they saw it. And the guys like, "Yeah, that's a crocodile. It's probably." four foot crocodile probably about a four or five year old crocodile so probably not enough to kill you but could take your arm or your leg off or or your two-year-old <laughs> so <laughs> the lord protected us and uh they did call the rangers and they came out i don't know that they were able to find it right away but um there had been a lot of flooding that had brought both hippos and crocodiles down the rivers and there were a couple of them around so that was um <laughs> Not something we usually do. <laughs> so, so afterwards, I was wishing that I had asked the rangers, if you shoot it, can I keep the skin and make a wallet out of it or something? So I would love to be able to add that last part and pull out my wallet and say, and here it is, but they didn't even find it. So. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, Abigail just turned eight at the end of August, and Naomi will be five at the end of October. So um, Abigail's doing third grade, and Naomi is doing pre-K, and I homeschool them. 
And um, we really enjoy that. We all, the whole family loves reading books. And so doing school together is just kind of like a natural part of our day. In fact, if I ever lose Abigail, I can almost always find her reading a book somewhere. <laughs> um, so they're, they're doing well. They love growing up in Africa. Um, in fact, yesterday we went to the Museum of Natural History. We don't have museums or libraries, so that's like it was our special family day. We went to the Museum of Natural History, and we walked into the African Animals Hall, and um, Abigail's, oh, this one reminds me of home. <laughs> and we're like, we've seen this one, we've seen that one. We're identifying all the birds that are in there, too. And they love being outdoors. They love playing. I love raising kids in Malawi. Um, the the people, the Malawian people, are very warm and very friendly. And um, so it's it's just in a social context it's fun to raise kids there but also just the there's so many things to do outside and i just send my girls outside and they're you know they they do like the video games every once in a while but they'll actually usually choose to just go outside if if given the choice they'll just go out and play and run and so it's fun it's a really fun place it's a fun place to do our science classes now because i mean some of you probably saw on our on our blog we're reading about weaver birds i'm like all right come outside so we go outside and there's a weaver bird nest outside and we go look for the tadpoles here and the different bugs and animals and all kinds of things that we have there and our kids absolutely love it so and i I love raising them there. Um, and it's fun to raise them in that um, community of the missionary families, too. Um, so there's the, the cops, um, who are the missionaries furthest to the right next to the Malawian couple in the picture. They have five kids, and um, we switch off date nights on Monday nights. So they'll take our kids one week, and we'll go on a date, and the next week we'll take their kids. But it's just fun raising our kids together and um, sharing you know, some of the ways that we raise our kids and how, how we're teaching them, how they're growing up, but they get to they get to grow up in the context of of all these missionary families and of the five missionary the gmi missionary families that are there we all have one abigail's age so there's two girls and three boys and they're all they're all the same age so it's fun there's that community so and we we all homeschool our kids and so we do classes together and stuff so there's a writing class for well there's three writing classes actually but abigail's in a writing class um there's an art class last year there's a latin class now and um, so it's just fun to to do some of those things uh, together with the other kids too, and um, <clears throat> it's fun for Abigail too because we have other people who live on the property with us, and there's a girl who's just a couple weeks older than her, and so she's grown up with a little Malawian friend all of her life, and um, just anytime she wants to play, she just runs outside and rejoices right there, and so it's fun. It's fun for them; they enjoy it. Yeah. On dates. <laughs> Well, there, yeah, no. there, there's almost no nightlife. Everything closes at night for security reasons, and, and also that's when the malaria mosquitoes are out. So there are restaurants, and there's nothing else. <laughs> so we go out to eat, and then we'll have tea afterwards, and then we'll talk, and maybe we'll have another cup of tea, and then, then we go pick up our kids. <laughs> Um, there is one main um, staple for the country. They use um, it, ufa is like the flour that they make from maize corn. So they just pound it and grind it. Um, 
so they don't make it into the masa. They don't use like the lime or anything like that, but um, they make a really thick porridge out of it. And then they'll dip it in a tomato and onion mix, or maybe once a week they'll eat it with chicken or something like that. So we don't eat a lot of it because it's not actually all that healthy. Um, so we eat somewhat similar to what we would eat here. Um, we eat a few odd things that you wouldn't eat here. We do eat crocodile, actually. <laughs> it's the cheapest meat, and it tastes kind of like pork. So, <laughs> And we affirm our position in the food chain. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. It's certainly... <laughs> It's certainly a joy to hear how the Lord continues to use your family and uh, just to hear how he's working in Malawi and all these men, too, and through their families. So let's pray right now for the Florines. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful to know the Florines, Lord, and to be um, in your body of Christ, Father, and to hear how you're using this brother and sister, Lord, and their family. Thank you for giving them a heart for you, a passion to see your word be taught, and to see disciples be made, Lord. We thank you so much for the church in Malawi for its growth, Lord. We thank you for all the families that are serving there, even associated with our church, Lord, and the TMAI Training Center. Father, we do pray that you continue to give these men grace and wisdom, Father. Give them great humility that they can lead in a way that would be pleasing to our Savior. Father, we thank you for all the men that come through the program. Father, we do see, and Matt and Rachel know so much better, just what they're up against, Father. And we see how Satan works in those lands to confuse your truth, Lord, and to make it something that is not desired. But, Father, we're grateful for these men, Lord, who are learning your word, to learn your truth, God. And we pray that you would give them great faith in you, Father, to trust you despite the odds, Father, that you would help them to be faithful in their pulpits, in their ministries, in their own families, Lord, and that you would continue to use them to convict souls, Father, and to turn them to your truth, that they might know the true hope of Jesus Christ, and they would not find their hope in this world, Lord. Father, we pray for the Florines that you would continue to use them faithfully, Lord. We thank you for their growth group. We pray for the young men and women in that group, and that you would continue to bless those discipleship relationships, to cause them to, in turn, grow up into service relationships in the church and in their communities. We do pray for Abigail and Naomi, that you would continue to protect them and guard them, cause their hearts, Father, to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we pray that you would use them for your glory as well. Father, we ask that you would continue to bless their time in the States now. I pray that it would be a time of refreshment and even encouragement and blessing, even from the ladies here in this group. Father, we thank you for this time, and we ask that you would bring us together again next week safely. In Christ's name, amen.